Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. We are so excited, honored, and stoked that you are here, that you are joining us. Whether this is uh, your first time listening, whether you're a brand new speaker just getting started, or you've been at it for a long time and you've listened to all, at this point, 204 episodes, we are uh, honored and excited that you are joining us today. We've got a great guest for you today. Today, we're going to be talking with Chad Allen. And Chad is a guy who is an expert when it comes to all things books, publishing, book deals, book proposals, all of that stuff. We're really going to get into the nitty gritty today. So we're going to be talking about, you know, if you're planning on self-publishing, do you need a book proposal? What exactly goes into a book proposal? We're going to talk about if you need a book agent and a literary agent, how do you get one of those? We're going to talk about how publishers make publishing decisions. What is it that they're looking for? We're going to talk about how speakers could use a book in their business in other ways, how much money you could make from a book. We're going to dig into all the nuts and bolts of publishing, uh, book deals, proposals, all of that stuff. Stuff. So if you are someone who is writing a book, you have written a book, you have a book inside you that needs to come out, this is the episode you need to be listening to. Now, I'll tell you this, we are just going to be scratching the surface on this because uh, uh, next week at the time of this recording here, next week, Chad and I are going to be hosting a live free training where we're going to be digging into all about book proposals and getting a book deal. All right. So if you want more about this, then make sure that you go over to thespeakerlab.com slash publish. Again, that's thespeakerlab.com slash publish, where you can register for our free training we're going to be hosting on Wednesday, October the 3rd. All right. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlab.com slash publish. Register for that free training on Wednesday, October the 3rd. All right. So again, that's going to be a free live training. We're going to be going into much more depth than what we have time to cover today. But in the meantime, let's get right into it. Let's get into this conversation with Chad Allen. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here today, joined by my buddy Chad Allen, who is uh, is one of the people responsible behind me having a book deal. And so we're going to talk about how to have a book deal, how to uh, we're talking about proposals, publishing, all things books. So, uh, Chad, thanks for uh, joining us today, buddy. Uh, I'm thrilled, Grant. This is awesome. Well, we are, and we're just scratching the surface here. We're, we've got a lot to cover here, but I'm going to be hosting a webinar that you're going to be joining us for and teaching more on this subject soon. And so we'll be giving some uh, info on that in the uh, the intro. So uh, make sure that you register for that upcoming free training that uh, Chad and I will be doing, teaching you all about. What was the title of the of the webinar? Five insider secrets to landing a book deal. Okay. All right. Good. So we're gonna give you. Maybe we'll give you. Maybe we'll give you like three of them today, and then you need to come back for the other two or something like that. So uh, okay, I want to give some context here on how we first connected. So we started talking uh, about a year ago or so at the time of this recording, and and had a mutual friend Jeff Goins who introduced us. And what were you doing at the time? 
I was editorial director for the Baker Books division of Baker Publishing Group, which meant that I was in charge of acquiring books, bringing books under contract for Baker. And then I also had some others who did the same thing who were reporting to me. So that's what I was doing back then. And so how long have you been in the publishing industry? All told about 20 years. Okay. All with Baker? 16 and a half or with Baker. I was with a smaller house before that. Okay. So you've been around the game for a little while and you've, you've picked up a few things along the way. Yes. So Jeff had introduced us. We started chatting and you said, Hey, do you have any interest in, in doing a book? I was like, eh, you know, maybe possibly. And, and, uh, we kind of went back and forth about some possibilities of what that could look like. And so long story short, you were able to help, help us get that book deal, help us with the proposal, help us with the deal, help us with all the logistics. And even now, as we're in the thick of the manuscript and all of the, the pieces that go along with it, leading up to the book that will be out eventually someday, that you've really been extremely instrumental and helpful behind the scenes and, and bringing this all together. So I share that just in context so people know, you know what you're talking about. You are the guy that's helped me personally get a book deal. And so when it comes to book deals, publishing, proposal, all of that stuff. You definitely, uh, you, you know your stuff for sure. Well, yeah, thanks for that. And and I know you're not fishing for a compliment, but I couldn't be more excited about your book and, and your audience is going to be thrilled for your book. It's long overdue, Grant. Uh, I, I guess, so. I guess that's what I've been told, but well, we'll see. So, all right, so let's start with this. So we'll be talking some about book proposals and publishers and, and getting a book deal just in general, but like a book proposal is one of those things a lot of people have heard about, but we may not even know like like what exactly is a book proposal? Where does it fit in the process? And what, what exactly is it? Yeah, so a book proposal is a document that writers create to pitch their book project to agents and publishers. Another way of thinking about a book proposal is to say that it's the business plan for your book. And a lot of people think, wait a minute, I'm a writer. Why do I have to be, why do I have to create a business plan? And the reason is because as soon as you sign a book contract, you're not only an artist, and you are an artist, you're a creative, you're a writer, you're also a business partner, because that publisher is going to, you know, any publisher worth their salt anyway, is going to invest something in your book project, and you want to do everything you can to help them recoup their investment, because it's a way of honoring the relationship and hopefully extending it for the next book. That's a way to think about book proposals. It's, it's your business plan, it's a document you use to pitch your book to agents and publishers. And what tends to go inside of those uh, book proposals? Yeah, so I like to talk about six major elements. Uh, There's the cover page, which is just the title and subtitle. And while that sounds simple, there's actually a lot that goes into that. There is the, what I call the brief description, which is about a three to five paragraph summary of the book. Table of contents and chapter by chapter synopsis. We're up to number three. The fourth is your bio. The fifth is any marketing information that you can share with the publisher. And then the sixth is the writing sample. There may be a few other elements, but those are the six major ones. So in terms of like writing sample, do I need to have completed the entire book before doing a proposal or is it more like it's a sample? So I assume like there are times where maybe it make, makes sense that I just need a couple of chapters or what should be included there? Right. Uh, when it comes to nonfiction, you just need the sample. In fact, that's all the publishers want because they very well may want to help you shape the manuscript as a whole. So I encourage introduction and first chapter. Sometimes a publisher will want three chapters But to start, introduction and first chapter is plenty. And so how long is a book proposal? This is one of the things that I wasn't quite aware of is you seem like, "Eh, I mean, what you describe, I don't know, maybe a couple pages, but some of them can be like very meaty and very lengthy and can be, you know, dozens of pages. So how long should a a typical book proposal be? Yeah, you know, double spaced, it probably ends up being 20 to 40 pages. 
Okay. All right. And that's fairly standard. That's fairly common. Yeah. I mean, some might be 15, some might be 50, but I mean, generally speaking, 20 to 40 is about right. So a book proposal is really going to only be necessary if I'm planning on trying to connect with a publisher, a traditional publisher. So if I'm planning, let's say to self-publish, do I even need a proposal? Well, I mean, it's up to you. Obviously, you're not going to publish your proposal, but I do think that writing a book proposal is the best way to get started on a book project because you learn so much about your book. You learn about yourself as a credible source as the author. You learn about how you're going to market it. You learn how you're going to structure it when you do the table of contents and synopsis. So I feel like it's a great way to go, even if you are self-publishing, as just a way to get started, sort of get get off of zero uh, towards your book project. And so would I need a book proposals primarily for nonfiction or is it also for fiction books as well? It's for fiction books. It's, I mean, fiction is a different animal. For first time fiction authors, the publisher often wants to see the whole manuscript or at least much of it. So it's a little bit different animal. I spent almost all my time in nonfiction, right. uh, but you do need a pr- proposal either way. Okay. Got it. Now, um, recently in episode 199 of the, of the podcast, we interviewed our, our mutual friend, uh, Jeff Goins, talking about the differences and pros and cons between traditional publishing and self-publishing and, and hybrid models. But I'd be curious, like as someone who's been in the industry for 20 years, what's yeah. your take on the differences between them? And then also like today, publishing looks very different than 20 years ago when you got started. So what are the pros and cons between traditional versus self versus even what a hybrid could look like? Yeah, so it is a whole different ballgame these days than it was even just 10 years ago. And and whatever, when you're trying to decide between which model works best for you, I think it's best to start with, what are my goals for this book? If you want to come out with a book in two months and you want complete control over everything, self-publish. Don't even worry about traditional publishing. Yeah. But if you want to reach the widest, you know, largest group of people possible with your book, if you want to chance the bestseller list, if you want to get your book in as many retail outlets as possible, then traditional publishing is the way to go. If you want the professional services that a publisher offers, such as editing and, and design work and marketing and publicity and distribution, then again, traditional publishing is the way to go. And hybrid publishing is, I know less about it because it's not my expertise, but my understanding there is you get some of the professional services of a traditional publisher some distribution, some design, some editing. What you don't get typically is much of an advance against royalties, which is what traditional publishers pay an author when they first sign the contract. And so you end up, actually you end up buying some of the print run in the hybrid model. So I really don't recommend that unless you have a way of moving the books that you have to buy. So does that help, Grant? Yep, totally makes sense. Okay, so one of the things that you kind of mentioned is that if you have a book proposal, the part of what you're trying to do is almost, quote unquote, shop it to different publishers and put it in front of different publishers. And one of the mediums to to do that is through an agent. So do I need a book agent to get in with a publisher or can I just submit a proposal to a bunch of different publishers myself? Or like, what's the value of an agent? Do I need one? How do I get one? Yeah. Different publishers have different submission guidelines. Some publishers do accept unsolicited proposals, especially ones of any size, do not accept unsolicited proposals. So unless you have a connection with an editor on the inside, then you need a literary agent to represent you. Okay. So part of what you're trying to do with an agent is they already have established relationships. And so if they're bringing a a proposal to the table, that potential publisher already knows like, okay, we trust John. We know that John has been brought us good deals in the past and good proposals. And so we just, we trust him. So that's who you're trying to, as a writer, as the author, 
that you're trying to build that relationship with the agent because they already have the relationship with multiple publishers, hypothetically. Right. That's one of the crucial functions of an agent. Another is that they help negotiate the deal on behalf of the author. They also can provide some career guidance, some writing career guidance to to an author. They can explain maybe, here's what you need to know about this. If let's say you have three offers from three different publishers, an agent can help you sort of think through the pros and cons, the strengths and weaknesses of each house. So they do a variety of things. Okay. Because like outside looking in, you're like, oh, this sounds good. So I just get an agent and then I just go get a publisher and get a book deal. Right. But if that first step of getting an agent, it just seems so simple. Like it's not like they have listings on Craigslist or something for an agent. So if I wanted to pursue that route of getting connected with an agent and starting down that journey, where would I even begin? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple things. One really quick thing somebody could do is go to a bookstore and go to the section where you envision your book being placed. So if, if you're going to write a business book, go to the business book section and start looking at the books that are most like yours and, and notice two things. Who are the publishers and who are the agents? Oftentimes, if you look in the acknowledgement section, the author will say thanks to the agent or sometimes it's on the copyright page. So make a list, make a publisher list, make an agent list. Then you simply can go to, to Google and look up those agents, see what their, their guidelines are. Here's another little ninja trick for your audience. Start following authors that are in your space. Not just for the sake of building a relationship, but because it's smart to know what authors in your space are doing. Yeah. Comment follow them, interact with them on social media. And it may well become natural at some point to email that author and say, hey, I have this little project I'm I'm working on, you know, could I tell you about it? And that could lead to an author referring you to their agent. And that's the very best way to find an agent when, when a current client, you know, refers you to their agent. That's the best way. Got it. And so and I would say like just from my own experience that it's important to start building those relationships long before you need them or think you could need them. So like you even talked about, like it was never super high on my radar to do a book. And so it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to try to build all these strategic relationships knowing that one day we're planning on doing a book and then, you know, this is all going to work out, but just building relationships with good people in general. And then when it came time of you and I started discussing the idea of doing a book, I had a lot of people that I could talk to who had a lot of publishing and book and author experience to be able to lean on and and get guidance and wisdom from about the process. So that definitely made a a huge difference. So, okay. So if if I'm trying to going back to like, is the only way to to get a, a publishing book deal is an agent or it just sounds like the bigger the publisher, the more likely it is I'm going to need an agent. Is that fair? Right. Like in our case, Grant, I, you know, I knew about you. I sent a text to Jeff and I said, Hey, should I approach Grant about a book? You know? And Jeff said, yeah, you should. And so one thing led to another and we ended up, we ended up working together. So if you have an editor reaching out to you like that and you check out that publisher and you think, yeah, this is a great fit, then more power to you. But, but if you don't have an editor knocking on your door and you want a traditional book deal and you want that book to get out, to as many people as possible. And your book is meant for a trade readership. In other words, you envision it being in a, in a bookstore. It's not a highly specialized or academic book. If it's for the general trade audience, then yes, I would pursue, at least as a matter of first course, I would pursue a literary agent. I think that's a good idea. And how much are, are agents typically paid or how are they paid? Are they paid from, from the publisher or from the author? Is it a retainer? Yep. Is it a percentage? How does that work typically? So the industry standard there is 15% of the advance in royalties. So that's the agent's cut typically. 
Okay. All right. So, okay, let's transition to, I've got the proposal. I may or may not have an agent, but I've found some publishers that I'd like to start reaching out to. What's the process from there of like, we've submitted our, our proposal now, like what's happening on the other end? Like how are publishers determining how, like which books make sense for them to publish? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I do think that for authors, that is when the nail biting starts, you know, you submit your proposal and then it just, sometimes it feels like it's crickets, you know, yeah. I'll just tell you like how you, it works. Just like you did to us. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I need to get back to you still, don't I? So I'll tell you how it worked at Baker. And I think that some, I mean, every publisher is a little different, but I think some version of this process is what happens. Typically an acquisitions editor gets an email from an agent and there's a proposal attached to that email. The editor looks at it and then typically they will talk about it with other editors. In our case, we had meetings every other week, you know, where just the editors would talk about a project. So we would talk about it and then from there decide, okay, this should go on to our publishing committee. And our publishing committee again met just about, you know, twice a month. So depending on when you send in your proposal or when your agent sends in your proposal, you may be between meetings and it may be a longer wait just because of when the meetings fall. But the publishing committee is comprised of the editorial team, sales team, marketing team, publicity team. Those are all the, the stakeholders. At Baker, it was, a, it was a group of 15 to 20 people in the room. And we reviewed those proposals a week in advance, then we get together and then we have a conversation. You know, it's either a yay, nay, or a maybe. If it's a yay, we end up doing a profit and loss statement and, and that's we use that to make an offer to the author. And the offer typically includes advance against royalties, the royalty rates themselves, the percentage of, of how of retail price or of net receipts. I'm getting technical here. And then the buyback discount. So you get an author will get a discount on books that they want to buy back from the publisher, which can be a huge source of revenue because if you're buying them at a 50% or better discount, you can sell those to your audience. You can imagine you can make some pretty good revenue from that. And then free copies. You'll typically get free copies of your book as, as part of the publishing deal. Does that help? So, yeah, totally. So whenever you are looking, because it sounds like, I mean, you may have, I don't know, like on a given month, how many proposals would, would come across your desk? Oh, gee. In a given month, anywhere from, I don't know, 20 to 40. Okay. So 20 to 40 that are all ballpark 20 to 40 pages. What are the things, because obviously you're not going to be reading word for word every single one of them. So you're kind of skimming big picture. Are you looking for like certain topics or are there certain things that are jumping out to you of like, this immediately goes in a yes pile, or at least I want to dig a little bit further into it versus here are some things that I've seen that like, I can immediately rule these things out. What are you kind of like, what's your criteria for processing those? Well, hopefully you have enough knowledge about the publisher I'm working for that I'm not looking at working for a business book publisher and seeing a cookbook. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So obviously, if what you're proposing is way is just not a good fit for the publisher, that's an immediate no. Publishers make publishing decisions based mainly on three criteria. Concept. And the first time they glimpse your, your concept is when they look at the cover page and they see the title and subtitle. So your concept is sort of encapsulated in that working title and subtitle. So that's yeah. really, really important. And I always encourage authors, go ahead and include some alternative titles and subtitles on the reverse of the cover page, just to show multiple angles for how a book could be positioned in the marketplace. So concept, then platform. And basically platform is just a fancy word for to what extent can you help the publisher promote your own book? Email list is of course the, the key metric for platform. I would say the number one reason publishers turn books down is because of too small a platform. 
So I talked before about the marketing information. That's where you're going to talk about your platform, as well as maybe your, your bio. And then the third piece is the writing. And the writing sample of, is, of course, where they, they get the best sense of your writing style, your ability to hold attention. So concept platform writing, that's where you need to really focus in and make sure that proposal sings. So you mentioned that a, a lot of times proposals are turned down because of too small of a platform. What would define too small? Like how would I even know if I, if I have too small? Because I assume in some cases it's almost a bit relative depending on the industry or the niche that you're, you're trying to you know, promote the book to. So what does that look like? Right. It is relative based on the publisher. And of course, this person may have 10,000 subscribers, email subscribers, and this person may have 100,000 email subscribers. But if the person who has 100,000 email subscribers, only two people open their emails, then obviously, you know, I'll take the other one. When people ask me, how many email subscribers do I need? I always say at a minimum, if you're going after a, a traditional book publisher of any size, I would have at least a thousand and more than that is great. Writers ask me, wait a minute, I'm a writer. Why do I have to be a platform builder? Why do I have to promote my book? And one of the reasons is because you're in competition. As soon as you send your proposal in, you're in competition with other writers who are very willing to do that promotional work. That's one of the reasons why it's so important. I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I didn't realize or really think about, but learned about the process was that, I mean, obviously you guys are, when you are making decisions about books, you're making business decisions for the most part. You're running a business, a for-profit business, trying to sell books. And so you're looking at a proposal, trying to evaluate not only will this book sell, but will this author do the work that they need to, to help sell the book? And so if you have... If you're looking at someone who like, this person has a slightly smaller platform, but they're going to hustle their butt off to sell books. And that's the business we're in versus author B has a bigger platform, but they just don't want to write a book and that's it. And you do all the rest of it. You may be more likely, I assume, to go with author A. That's right. Exactly. Publishers love to work with publishers who work hard to promote their books. I mean, that, that's just true. And, uh, and yeah, there were times when, we would look at a proposal and we'd say, oh, they don't have much of a platform, but man, it's written so beautifully. Let's publish this. Mm-hmm. And, and we would do it out of a sense of mission, right? Out of a sense of like yeah. altruistic, you know, we're going to do this for the universe, you know? Right. And nine times out of 10, like we would regret that decision, you yeah. know, because the book would sink without a ripple. So, and that generally doesn't happen. Generally, you need some kind of engine to help promote your book for a publisher to be interested. If I'm an author right now or a potential author and I'm listening to this going like, okay, I'm willing to hustle my butt off, but I have to prove that to you and I have a smaller platform. So what would I do to try to prove that to you? Because again, if I'm just like, I'm one of 20 to 40 that is trying to get your attention for this particular season of life, you know? So is there anything that you can think of, of, of authors of like, man, they've really gone above and beyond in that proposal process that's really made them stand out from the crowd? Yeah, that's really good. So one thing is just to try to get your email list up to a thousand subscribers before you even submit. That's, I I would just try to do that. Otherwise you're going to hurt yourself because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Having said that, if the stats that you have in terms of following are, are not as impressive as you'd like them to be, focus less on the numbers themselves and the, the story of growth that you can tell. So Talk about what you've been able to do in the past six months and what your plan is to keep it growing between when they sign you and when the book releases. And then include your own marketing plan. Divide it up into three phases. Pre-launch phase. Here's what I'm going to do 
before the book releases. And you can include anything from starting a Facebook group to doing, you know, teleconference calls where you train people, I mean, whatever. And then the launch phase would be the second phase and then post-launch. What are you going to do six months after the book releases to continue promoting the book? So those are a few ideas to help people deal with that issue. And just so we have like proper context, like how long does this process typically take? Meaning like, okay, I submitted the proposal. It may take a little bit to hear back. And then at what point, like from proposal submission to signing a book deal, how long could, like, does that typically take? It shouldn't take longer than just that. So I got a proposal and now you're waiting for some kind of a response and a book deal. I would say it shouldn't take much longer than two to three months. And in some cases it can move a lot faster than that. Yeah. So, but if it's taken longer than three months, then I would either move on or follow up. So that's about how long that takes. Okay. And like for, depending on the size of the publisher, like how many books might you publish in any given of those like 20 to 40 that may come in per month? How many of those might you actually publish? So at the Baker Books Division, we published about 50 to 60 new books per year. The Baker Publishing Group as a whole published more like 300 new books a year. Okay. So if there's 20 to 40 proposals that are coming across your desk per month, you're Mm -hmm. publishing maybe five of those, four to five of those? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yay for math. Math is good. (laughs) Like how does an author typically make money then from a book? You mentioned the advance, you mentioned royalties. What does that typically look like? Glad you asked that because in the webinar that we're doing together, one of the free bonuses I'm giving away is an author income calculator. And it's it's an Excel spreadsheet where they can just type in some numbers and sort of get an, an estimate of the kind of, of revenue they can make from their book. But there's, there's two main sources of income, the advance and royalties, and then sales of their own book. And to give you a, a number would be really hard because it just varies from author to author. What exactly is the advance? How does that work? Yeah, so what happens is publishers pay authors a percentage of the retail price or the net receipts from books that they sell. So those are called royalties. Well, when a publisher signs an author, they're giving you an an advance against the royalties they're expecting to receive when the book is in the market. So that's what an advance is and that's what royalties are. Got it. And so they're going to write a check at the beginning, I guess for the time that that the author is putting in to write the book, to work on the book for those several months period before they turn in the manuscript. And so it's basically paying for that, almost prepaying for that time. And so when the book is actually published, the author would not receive any royalties until they earn back that advance. Is that always the case or is that typically the case or how does that work? That's how that works. And, and oftentimes you get half of the advance up front, half of it when the full manuscript comes in or half when the contract is signed and half when the book is published. Sometimes publishers break it up into thirds. You get a third at signing, a third at manuscript submission and a third at publication. But in any of those cases, you're correct. You don't get any additional royalties until your advance has been recouped. Okay. And what's the quickest you've seen an advance recouped? Because uh, I'd like to beat that record. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. It's actually, as an editor, it's not like we are looking at that really closely. But I I will say this, publishers like to recoup that in the first 12 months. Okay. All right. All right. We've got our work cut out for us. There you go. Um, Okay. So what are some other ways that, because one of the things that's kind of interesting with a a book is that 
I think oftentimes authors kind of view it as like, cool, I got my advance check. I may get some royalties in the and that's just kind of it. Like that's all they've kind of viewed as that's the money I'm going to make. But there's a lot of authors who uh, a book is just one tipping point of a lot of other things that they could offer. So how have you seen some authors leverage a book to generate revenue way beyond an advance or, or royalties? I would say, first and foremost, sales of the book itself. So you and I have a mutual friend in Michael Hyatt, mm-hmm. and I, I was fortunate to publish Michael a number of his books. One of the things he did was he incentivized pre-orders by offering bonuses. So, and you, and I'm sure many of your your listeners have seen this, where if I pre-order the book, I get this these bonuses that are typically worth even more than the book. So it makes it a really easy decision if I'm going to get the book anyway. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll see authors incentivize bulk purchases. Look, don't buy just one copy, buy five copies and give them to your team or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all under this, this umbrella of selling your own book. Then sometimes what happens is a book is really almost serves as like a, a brochure for a larger training program of some kind of course or coaching. And oftentimes you'll see in the back of the book, you know, a page or two that are promoting this next step. So if you liked the book, here's the next step on this journey. Like here's this course I have, or here's this event that I'm doing. Join us. As you know, courses and coaching and that kind of thing are typically quite a bit more expensive than the retail price of a book. So so you can really 10X and even 20X and 30X your revenue by using a book that way. Gotcha. Uh, and so some of it sounds like it depends on, you know, what the other products or services are that you are currently offering and how those things are aligned with what the, you know, the concept or the, the topic of the book would be. Absolutely. And so I think that's a really good point. So sometimes entrepreneurs, speakers, they'll be speaking and doing business around this topic. But when it comes to their book, for whatever reason, they think, oh, I should do something totally different. And I would just want to, I just want to say, hey, let's press the pause button for a second. Is there a book that kind of works hand in glove with everything else that's going on in your business? Because there's no reason your book shouldn't support those things and provide another on-ramp to them. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. How important is it for a speaker to, to have a book? Look, not only is it a source of revenue, books are a source of credibility. Yeah. You know, in this webinar we're doing together, I'm going to talk about three different forms of credibility. A book, so this is one of the secrets we're giving away, like you said. Man, here uh, it comes. <laughs> Tease it out of you. I knew we were going to get one from you. <laughs> so the three forms of credibility are formal credibility, experiential credibility, and social credibility. And the great thing about a book is you get all three. Formal credibility in that a book is a credential. You know, this is, it's maybe not a PhD, but it's a credential to your name that some people have and other people don't have. Yeah. You have experiential credibility because as soon as you've written and published and promoted a book, you have the experience of launching a book, which publishers notice. And third, social credibility. All those people that read your book are now part of your tribe and, and give you more social credibility. I don't know what the timeline is in terms of, you know, when somebody becomes a speaker and when they have a, need to have a book release, but I would think eventually it's only going to help you in your speaking business to have a book. 
Yeah, no, totally. And I always tell speakers like, you know, who asked, do I have to have a book? No, you don't have to have a book, but if you have one, it doesn't hurt, you know, assuming it's a decent book and it aligns with whatever it is that you are speaking on. It can absolutely be a great tool for credibility. Yeah. And the, and not to mention that for speakers, they have some type of message that they want to share. And speaking is one form to do that, but having a book or coaching or consulting or any number of other opportunities, a book being a great one of those uh, is a great way to continue to serve and to help other people that one of the benefits of that versus speaking is it doesn't require you to get on a plane and it doesn't require you to go anywhere or leave the family. So yeah, there's a lot of, of huge ways to, uh, to leverage a book in your speaking business. So again, we're going to be talking more about that on this upcoming free training. So tell us again, it's five insider secrets to landing a book deal. Okay, perfect deal. So again, uh, we will give you the, uh, the link on that to make sure that people register for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will say, Prior to signing with Chad and going through this whole process, I mentioned this to a couple of people. I said, listen, if I'm going to do a book, I want it to be with Chad because this guy knows what he's talking about. And again, we've just kind of scratched the surface here of what we're going to be covering on the upcoming free webinar. So Chad, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. We're looking forward to the webinar. If people want to find out more about you between now and then, where can we go? Yeah, it's chadrallen.com or if you just Google Chad Allen writing, you'll find me. Okay, cool, buddy. We're looking forward to it. We appreciate the time. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chad Allen. As a reminder, we're going to be hosting that free training on Wednesday, October the 3rd. Wednesday, October the 3rd. Make sure that you mark your calendar for that. You're going to want to register for that. It's totally free. You can do that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash publish. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash publish. And there we will uh, get you more information about that free training. Again, you want to make sure you register for that. Thespeakerlab.com slash publish. Even if you can't make it to it live, then uh, we can certainly send you out a replay of that. So again, thespeakalab.com slash publish. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you next time. We'll see you at that uh, free training with Chad Allen on uh, October the 3rd. Catch you next time. You're awesome.